All right, as you're going to Job chapter 1, and we're going to walk through a few things, let me go read you what James, the brother of Jesus, said in James chapter 5, verse 11. Uh, he said, brothers uh, and sisters, he says, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. I want to, I want to read that one phrase in there. You have heard of Job's patience, his perseverance, his difficulty, his struggle, and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. You know, that, that's, a, that's an important thing. It's easy for us to step back and look at a guy like Job, right? Even when we begin to talk about Job, uh, if you're familiar with Job, you know Job took it, right? He, he, when it came to his family, he took it on the chin. When it came to his job, he took it on the chin. When it came to his health, he took it on the chin. Does that make sense? We think about that, but we know what happened in the end. He stayed faithful. Now, he had, how many of you remember, he had three pretty knucklehead friends, who showed up and said, hey, Job, what'd you do wrong, right? And anybody have friends like that? Yeah, don't ever confess your... Yeah, we got a whole group of them right here. Uh, I guarantee you, if I came down with boils all over my body or all of a sudden I got fired or something, y'all would all show up and say, hey, what'd you do wrong, Pastor? Uh, y'all would be looking for an opportunity to kick a man while he was down. Uh, but, you know, it's easy for us to look at someone else's life. You know, someone rolls through cancer, Right. And we, we love to hear that testimony on the other side. Or someone goes through a job loss, and we love to hear the testimony on the other side. Or something like that happens one way or the other. It, but when we go through it, right, when it's our testimony, that's when we struggle. Especially to live the first so many chapters of the book of Job. And we have to understand, and, and, and as Ron just mentioned, I don't know what God is going to do because of this, but I do believe it's going to be better. I, I truly believe that. Uh, I can't even come close to tell you why God allowed this. Uh, when we were driving to the church uh, Monday night, I'd come up here Sunday night. On Monday night, I'd, I, I, I took Gina, and she said, I want to go see the church. And so we're driving up here. And um, the first thing when we drove in the front, our, our, our bushes out front, those pretty little bushes, I don't even know what kind of plants, they were destroyed. I mean, they, they'd look like someone had taken a weed eater to them and just splattered them everywhere. And as we're driving in, Gina went, oh, look at our flowers and I said babe that's not the worst of it and uh but you know we got in here and and she said man why would the Lord let this happen now my wife's a, a person of great faith but what she's saying she's lived with a pastor who's walked through a year of construction in a church which is like seven dog years to a pastor all right because anything that can go wrong will go wrong anybody that wants to complain about something will complain about something there's something that we miss a timeline here that we were promised we'd meet a timeline so you know she lived with me through that whole thing starting from day one of raising money and, and then we had all of this celebration and all the excitement and things were so going so good and the momentum was there and everything seemed to be great and that was kind of her question why would God allow this you know and there is a question why not why not us right why why not us and if you look at where uh the hell went it was a very small strip this was not when it comes to hell storms this was not a big hell storm it was a small, narrow hailstorm. It's not like, you know, uh, thousands of subdivisions lost their houses. It's not like the flood they had down in Spring and in Houston and all of those couple of years. It didn't like that at all. 
But what was hit was massive. What was, but why not us? And a lot of times we can look around and, you know, cancer shows up in my house, but not that house. Or I lose my job, but they don't. Does that make sense? And, and we can ask those questions, why me? Imagine Job. Job, who is, we're going to read here in a second, was completely faithful. He served God and loved God and walked with God. And it's easy to step back and look at Job and look at the beginning and look at the end because exactly what happened is James, the brother of Jesus, he says, and what the Lord brought about at the end. If you know the end of Job's story, it says this, God blessed Job more in the end of his life than he had at the beginning now, no one wants to get to that by going through this. Does that make sense? I mean, Job, we, we show up in Job chapter 1, and he is blessed. We come to the end of the book, and he is more blessed. Now, let me tell you what, the intervening time is, is massive, and it's hard. And so that's what James says, remember Job. So look, look at the name, Job chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the land of us, uh, there, was, there lived a man uh, whose name was Job. Man, if you just stop right there, it is synonymous with us, with suffering. When we think about that name, it is synonymous with suffering. Even people that don't know about the Bible know about Job. Now let's look at his character, picking it up as we continue reading. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys. Look at verse 4. His sons used to take turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite uh, their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Let me tell you what, they had it all. And his sons would hold feasts, and when they talk about hosting feasts, they would bring in all the neighbors and all the friends and all the servants and everything, and then they would invite their sisters in and say, man, look at how God has blessed us. And I love that Job was blameless and upright, and uh, he was blameless in his actions. And that's just a challenge for us, guys, uh, is, is we want to live blameless lives. But when you come to that word blameless, that's, that's related to his actions, his dealings. When you think about the way you talk or the business deals that you make or, or the agreements you make with people, are you blameless in everything that you do? Job was. And then it says not only that, he, he was a good worshiper. Look at verse 5. He worshiped. He says, when a period of feasting uh, had run its course, Job, uh, uh, Job would send and have them purified. And it says early in the morning he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God uh, in their hearts. And so Job was a man of great worship and great confession, and we need to live lives of repentance and confession. But I love Job. Not only was he blameless and upright, but he wanted to even make sacrifices for his kids just somehow, maybe by accident. They had disrespected God. Man, you are talking about a guy that tried to live above the average, right? Above the mean in such an upright and, and, and a godly way and in a godly place. Uh, he did everything he could to reject evil. And, and even if he thought there was an unseen evil, he confessed it and he sacrificed a burnt offering. Um, he was blessed in his possessions. I mean, you just saw how many thousands of camels he had and servants he had. Man, that was how you uh, equated wealth. 
it wasn't, there wasn't bank accounts those days. It was how much land did you have and, and, and was your health there and how many camels and how many goats and how many servants, how many, that was their wealth at that time. And so if you think about him, but uh, notice his futures. You look in verse 6. It says, one day the angels came uh, to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, from roaming the earth, going back and forth in it. And then the Lord said, then the Lord said to Satan, uh, if you've been going, have you considered my servant Job? In other words, when you looked at everybody on the face of the earth, have you looked at Job, my servant? Uh, he says, there's no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. He says, Duh, and look at verse 9. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Verse 10. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands. Look at verse 11. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your faith. What, what was Satan saying? Well, it's easy for Job to worship God, right? He was saying, think about it, God. You have built a hedge of protection around him. His kids aren't sick. Uh, his kids are good. His, his, there's no sibling rivalry. When the brothers have, have the feast, they invite the sisters. There's not a hostile situation there. Uh, he, he's financially wealthy. He's healthy and uh, wealthy in his health and his relation. Everything about him. And Satan says, well, sure, he's going to bless you because You've protected him, right? And what about us? Well, when things go wrong in our business or in our occupation or in our life or we get inconvenient somewhere, uh, when our health begins to become a little more shaky than we wish it would have or the relationships in our life wish... Are we faithful to continue to love God? Because what Satan was asking, basically, God, is a question about us as individuals, right? Because Satan probably has countless thousands, yea, millions of Christians who have fallen right into the trap that he thinks Job is going to fall into. Job doesn't fall into it. But what is Satan saying? Yeah, I've noticed that the people that you bless and protect all the time, they're the ones that worship you. But you let a Christian, you let a believer walk through a difficult space in life, you, you, you let someone lose a brother or lose a sister or lose a mom, lose a dad, lose their job, lose their finances, lose their house, lose their car. Lose, then they what do they do? They turn around and curse you. Why would God allow this to happen to me? But why not? We live in a lost and a, a difficult world. We live in a sin-filled world. Why not us, right? I mean, why not? We ought to live every day with the idea that every day I'm health, I have health and every day I have good relationships and every day I have uh, money in the bank that we are blessed. And there is a reality more than every, 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 every place on this earth. Guys, if you've got $100 in your bank account, you are wealthier than 99.9% .9 of the people on the face of this map. Do you understand? But how much do we complain when something small goes wrong? When the air conditioning is not right or when, you know, the, uh, there's small difficulties or our car breaks down. How often do we turn on God or walk away from God? Now, you take the other end of that spectrum 
Job also is a challenge to us when we are blessed. That he had everything and it was all going good, but he stayed faithful in worship. I've seen people on the end of the spectrum when things go bad, turn their back on God and turn their back on church. But I've also seen people that when they are so blessed and they're on the other end of the spectrum and God has answered their prayers for a successful business and great relationships and wonderful kids, that they have a tendency not to turn their back on God, just to walk away from God. And so Job is a great example for us even before the trials and before. He's not just a good example to us in his perseverance and still worshiping God. He's a great example of us. When God blesses you and things are good, don't walk away. Stay connected to God in worship and sacrificing to him and giving to him and loving him and understanding that we have what we have because God, it is God that causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust alike. Right? And so, guys, whatever end of the spectrum you're on, Job is a good example of both. If you are exceedingly blessed, stay faithful. If you are exceedingly broken, stay faithful. He's a great testimony on each side. And, and, and Satan, and, and there are always those who, who, will, who will wonder and they'll want to know with me, All right, was, was this an actual conversation that Satan had with God or is this a metaphorical one? Uh, whether it was an actual one or a metaphorical one, that doesn't matter. The reality of it is, let me tell you what, Scripture tells us, 1 Peter chapter 5, that Satan is roaming around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. How many of you know that? So whether God, whether Satan on Sunday afternoon showed up at the gates of heaven and said, hey, what about you? Have you and God says, have you been roaming the earth looking for good churches? And, and, and then God said, uh, Satan says, yeah. God says, have you considered cottonwood? Satan says, yeah. He goes, why wouldn't they worship you and celebrate you and have smiles on their face? And the pastor, you know, uh, laughs and is God. Why wouldn't they, God? You have blessed them beyond measure. Right? When you look back 24 years, a little church that, that we, could, we couldn't go to church without getting, getting cars stuck in our septic system mud to where we are today. And just 2018... 2018, what God did with new children's space and new covered walkways and a new chapel. How many of you would agree that God has blessed us? Man, let me tell you what. Yeah, we need to give God a hand for that. We are blessed. Now, it all happened because the faithful sacrifice of the people, the, the $3 million that built this chapel, it didn't, it didn't come out of thin air. Our people gave and sacrificed. So we did our part, right? We trusted God, believed God. But who's to say that Satan didn't say, well, why wouldn't they worship you? You've blessed them so much. So a hellstorm shows up, and it shows up in our church. Now the question for us is, will we be like Job and persevere? Will we walk through some difficult seasons, or will we turn and get grumpy and get mad and get angry and walk away and you know, all of this kind of stuff? I mean, because it is going to take longer. I will tell you, I'm an eternally optimistic guy. Uh, every day, Justin gives me a reality check. I walk in here and say, okay, so we're going to be able to put the children in. No. And, and he will tell you the truth, that I look at him and go, oh, yeah, we can. 
mean, because there's a lot of things we can do, you know, Eric. There are a lot of things we can do, right? I can, I, I can put children's in room, children in certain rooms, right? I can do it. But he looks at me and says, you don't want to. You don't want to. And so then we're like, okay, what do we do? Well, we got to cancel student ministry on Sunday morning, and they're going to come back on Sunday night. They're going to worship with us. You know, they had incredible momentum. They had incredible momentum. But why not? Why not us? So we get the opportunity to walk through and be great testimonies of what God is doing. Now, what do I believe is going to happen? Flip all the way down to the end of the book. Uh, let's go. Uh, uh, how about jump down to Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42. We'll start reading in verse 7. This is, this is one of the conversations um, uh, that, that Job has with one of his friends. Is after the Lord, uh, you know, this is the truth. After the Lord uh, had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz, uh, the Temanite, uh, he says, I am angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you, look at that, will pray for you, and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. Now look at the, jump down to verse 9. So Aliphaz and Bildad and Zophar did what the Lord told them to do. In other words, God rejected them and God, God scolded them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. So it turns out that Job, the one who had struggled, ends up praying for his friends who were basically knuckleheads. What an incredible testimony. Then like verse, verse, two and verse 10, it says, After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. I love verse 12. And let me tell you what, guys, if you're going to memorize a verse, I know we can all remember, memorize the verse that Jesus wept. If you want to memorize a verse for you to walk through and journey through in your life, verse 12 is a good one. Job 42, verse 12, it says, The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. When we go through those seasons of trials and difficulties and hardships, we have to live with an understanding. We have many, many examples of those who have gone before us where we have seen God allow Satan to take away everything. And at the end of their days, they end up twice as blessed as they were in the beginning. And so I want to encourage you with this. If you want to know what your pastor believes, as much as I do not want to be in this space, I'm talking about this difficulty, I believe that God is going to bless our next days more than he blessed our last days. Amen. And we've got, we've got testimony after testimony after testimony of God doing that over and over again. So we've got two responses. You've got two responses. You can be one of the friends who kicks and screams and gripes and complains all the way through, and you'll get some of the blessings or you can make a determination with a deep down commitment to God 
that God's in this. And my heart is always going to be right. My conversations are always going to be right. My mind is always going to be right. If things are good, I'm going to celebrate. If things are bad, I'm going to believe that God is going to bless us in our next days more than he has in the latter days. And let me tell you what, guys, when we think about how much God has already blessed us, to think that God is getting to bless us more, bring it on, right? Bring it on. So, guys, I hope you'll take that in your life. And if you're journeying through something right now, believe wholeheartedly that God can bless you more in the days ahead than he did in the past. What do we have a tendency to do in our lives a lot of times? Long for the good old days. Sometimes we need to be honest. The good old days weren't that good. They were just better than today. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's the definition of a good old day. Is it a little better than today? See, but the good old days might not be the best day that God has planned for you. And God may take you through a dip, through a dark season. God may take something away from you to get you where he wants you to be. Because sometimes if we hung on, and maybe God is just reminding us as a church that he did all this. And this chapel and these buildings can never become an idol. They're just a tool to disciple kids and reach this, this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we can never take what God has done here for granted. Because he can take it away like that. But what God will not take away is the Spirit of God that seals us and keeps us until the day of redemption. And what God will not take away is the call for us to fulfill the Great Commission. To go and make disciples of all generations all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. God, I truly thank you for what we're going through as a church. I thank you for the men in this room as we journey through and walk this that we can sense and see that as great as yesterday was and as difficult as today might be, Come tomorrow, it will be better than it was at the beginning. God, thank you for the testimony of people like uh, Job who walked through so much and stayed so faithful. Let us model that life. And God, let us look with anticipation to the blessings you're going to bring our way in the next few months. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.